1: okay hello good morning everyone my name is Rich for those of you who don't know me and it is a uh, pleasure and a privilege to have the opportunity over the next few moments to talk a little bit about thanksgiving and so uh, whether you are tuning in live or whether you're joining us on demand uh, it's fantastic to have you with us Um, and you'll find uh, if you head to our on-demand site that we are in a series at the moment called Living Prayer, uh, which basically is exploring how a life with Jesus at the centre changes everything by inviting us to come and encounter him again every day. And today uh, we're thinking about that prayer of thanksgiving uh, that Joe has read out for us uh, to start with. A few years ago, I was having dinner with a friend of mine and uh, he started the meal as he always did, by doing what some people uh, might know as saying grace, taking a moment before the meal for a short prayer of thanks uh, to God before eating. And that wasn't something that I'd especially grown up doing, uh, maybe on a few occasions, perhaps uh, away at Boys Brigade camp, uh, where it was usually either as fast as possible, uh, and so something like, uh, "rubber a dub dub thanks for the grub, Or uh, it was as funny as possible. Uh, And so, usually, informing, uh, comprising of some kind of parody song, and the Adams family, I remember particularly stuck in my mind, something like that. Um, But the goal of it seemed to be let's get through it as quickly as possible and get onto the real business, uh, which is eating. Uh, But when I heard my friend uh, that evening giving thanks before he ate, uh, I remember and it stuck in my mind that it seemed entirely different. He prayed about the food. Uh, sure, but it seemed like that was just a starting point uh, to allow thankfulness to well up and to overflow. And I remember asking him uh, about it and why he prayed like that and why he said that before every meal. And his words have stuck with me. He said, it's simple. I just try and take every opportunity to thank God. And I've really carried that with me over the last few years. Take every opportunity to thank God. And that's the challenge that I want to leave you with today, this morning. It sounds like the kind of thing that the Apostle Paul, who wrote the passage that we've just heard uh, read out so well for us by Joe, might say. And that shouldn't be a surprise because at Thanksgiving Uh, and thankfulness is a theme that comes up 71 times uh, in the New Testament. Thanksgiving is hardwired into passages, not just expressing gratitude for things that have happened, but as a powerful means by which we can step into more of the life that Jesus has for us. And so appearing uh, on the screen now are going to be a few examples from the New Testament of ways in which the biblical authors encourage us to use thanksgiving, not just to say thank you uh, for something that's happened and move on, but as a way of embracing more of the life that God has for us. Who God is, what he's done, who we are to be in him, how to respond to suffering and trials, how to overcome temptation, how to worship, how to grow in faith, how to hear God's will for your life. These are big questions and yet a message which comes through time and time again is how do we respond to these big questions? Thanksgiving is a great place to start. And so if you ask me, uh, is your life characterised by Thanksgiving? Is your life characterised by this thing that comes up again and again and again in the Bible? I'm not sure that I could say that it is. And so I'm speaking as much to myself as to anyone this morning. When I say that, I know I need to shift my perspective in order to begin to live a life that overflows with thanksgiving in the way that seems to pour forward, pour out so naturally from the biblical authors. And that starts right at the very beginning. The picture at the start of the Bible that we see in Genesis chapters 1 and 2 is a God who is worthy of thanksgiving because he is overflowing with generosity. Generosity is in his very nature. that he is one who has always existed as Father, Son and Holy Spirit, overflowing with a generous, self-giving, life-giving abundance. That our God is not a cold, lonely God creating life in order to have dominion over it. No, he is a God of lavish love, which couldn't be contained, which couldn't help but overflow and spill out and pour out into creation as a natural expression of a God who has sharing at the very heart of who he is. And so God creates, that's the picture we see. He breathes life into the world. He creates a home that overflows with love and rest and provision, but also with purpose and growth and beauty, where we are called to cultivate and multiply and expand the abundant and generous home that has been made. He has given us not just what we need, but what we might enjoy. And Arthur Conan Doyle uh, puts it like this through the words of Sherlock Holmes. I'm going to get a little prop here uh, to help me with this. What a lovely thing a rose is, he writes. Our highest assurance of the goodness of God seems to me to rest in the flowers. All other things... Our powers, our desires, our food are all really necessary for our existence in the first instance. But this rose is an extra. Its smell and its colour are an embellishment of life, not a condition of it. And it is only goodness that gives extras. Or as Jesus said, puts it in Matthew 6, look at the flowers of the field and how they grow. Not even Solomon in all his glory was dressed as beautifully as they are. God has given us a world of abundance, not just what we will need, but what we will enjoy. He has written into creation things that he knows will bring our hearts delight, because that's the kind of God that he is. And yet, if we know the story, things go wrong. And even if we don't, we know as we look at the world around us that things are not as they should be. Humanity decides that what has been given isn't enough. We curve in on ourselves. We curve away from the life-giving generosity of the creator. As we always have, as we each have done, for ourselves. Humanity's response was and always has been not to enjoy the generosity of what's been given, not to allow our hearts to turn outwards with thanksgiving and thankfulness, but to fixate on what hasn't been, to run away from all that's been provided and shared with us, to bring us life and love and rest and provision, and run to that which ultimately only brings about death and despair and discontentment. We chose, together and individually, thanklessness over Thanksgiving. And everything went wrong. And that's a choice that we are still making in our culture today. See, with everything else going on in our lives, especially at the moment, uh, that all feels like an urgent priority much of which is we might not think that thanksgiving ranks very highly it can be easy to see it like a luxury option maybe in the car of the christian faith it's kind of like heated seats uh, or parking sensors maybe it's it's nice to have it's a nice feature it would be great if we thanked god a bit more but we can drive fine without it we can get on fine without it But the whole story of humanity right from the very beginning has been that Thanksgiving is not a luxury option. It's part of the engine of faith which powers our Christian life. In spurning thankfulness, humanity wasn't freed from some kind of weight. Instead, we picked up chains that weighed us down and bound us in. Thanklessness is a far greater danger, a far more subtle and devious distraction than we often realise. It says to God, thanks, but no thanks. I'll take what you've given, but I won't take you. It puts us at the centre. And that only ever ends Badly. So, how do we live differently? How do we pray differently? How do we allow God to shape our perspective so that we can live lives of thanksgiving? How do we live in a way that takes every opportunity to thank God without it just becoming a a dry ritual, stale words which bear no relation to our hearts? How do we grow not just in thanksgiving, but in thanks-feeling, in thanks-knowing, in thanks-being? Well, like anything that grows, whether habits or relationships or creativity or roses, growing into a life of thanksgiving takes time. Genuine thankfulness flows from the heart, not from the mouth. It's not something that we drum up inside ourselves, but something that happens to us as we open ourselves up to the wonder of who God is. But it's also not something that grows with passivity. Let's look again at what Paul uh, wrote in that passage a little bit earlier on. These wonderful truths about who God is and what God has done. We've celebrated them already as we took communion together earlier on thanksgiving starts with a fresh perspective of god at the center this is who god is this is what god has done and he's for you he's for you all that action or the generosity or the worthiness it all flows from him and he himself is the one who has been given God loved the world so much he gave not a thing, not a formula, his one and only son. This is what God has done. Jesus is the gift that reshapes our perspective on Thanksgiving because it's not about begrudgingly coming to a distant God. It's about receiving and enjoying Jesus himself to allow our hearts to be warmed by the truth of the gospel, that God in his grace has drawn us to himself as he has always intended, that he has united us to Christ, that in him we find wholeness and forgiveness, identity and family, belonging and believing. And what he has started in his people is what he is wanting to do in and through us, to extend out from us to the whole of creation in order that everything might be made new. Charles Spurgeon uh, wrote this If there is anything that is gracious, generous, kind, and tender, yes, lavish and superabundant in love, you always find it in him. Thanksgiving starts by opening ourselves up to the wonder of who God is and what he's done, allowing him to reshape our perspective away from ourselves. And that's something we can seek to grow in by taking every opportunity we can to thank him by showing intentionality in our Thanksgiving. For me, uh, encouraged by my friend over the last few years, I've gotten into the rhythm of saying thanks to God uh, before eating my evening meal not because i have to but because i want to start building a habit of thanksgiving and the easiest way to do that i find rather when you're starting a new habit rather than building something from scratch uh, is to kind of tack it onto a habit that you already have of which eating is one of my favorites uh, it is a moment to take any mustard seed of desire that you have to thank god for his generosity and pour water on it and just see what blooms to allow a trickle of faith however small however feeble to burst its banks and become a river of praise and even starting i found something as simple as thanking god for the plate of food in front of you done with a renewed perspective is an opportunity to cultivate a life of thankfulness the food is the only the entry point it's just the starting moment of all that goodness and generosity that we looked at earlier the thousands of unseen blessings that god has poured out upon us that we scarcely realize it's a moment to open our hearts and our minds to all that god has done for us and in us to allow something of the wonder of that to sit with us to pause to center on him to continue. And because it's not us drumming something up, it's a moment for God to breathe into us again by his spirit, for us to savour all that he's provided, that he's always longed for us to have. It's a moment supernaturally, whatever your day is looking like, whenever you get a moment to pause, to invite God by the power of his Holy Spirit to come, to open our eyes again, to see his hand at work. Not just in uh, the food in front of us, but in the plate holding it, in the furniture we're sat on, the clothes that we're wearing, the roof above our head, the ground beneath our feet, and the breath in our lungs. Thanksgiving sparks Thanksgiving when we invite God to lead us into it. And sometimes thankfulness comes with a challenge as the spirit moves to convict us about things we're thanking him for which are actually brought about by injustices in our world. Sometimes thanksgiving comes with heartache as our minds drift to what we don't have, longings left unfulfilled or things and people that we've lost. Sometimes thanksgiving comes with pain as we face tough times in our lives where thanking him feels like a betrayal of everything that we're going through but in each of those the invitation of the prayer of thanksgiving is allowed god to come and shape our perspective to lead us into intentionality because it's first and foremost a moment to receive again not just what he does but who he is jesus given for us and as we do we begin to train ourselves to look for god's grace and goodness in all circumstances to see more of how he has at work doing far more than we can ever ask and imagine and to receive his invitation into a new creation life enjoying all that he has for us so that's my challenge, my invitation to you this week. Take every opportunity to thank God. Start with his generosity. Allow that to reshape your perspective, to invite you into intentionality and to allow, to allow him to cultivate in you a life of thanksgiving. Look for points in your day when you can build a rhythm of thankfulness, not as a dry, stale duty, but as a moment of invitation to open your eyes to the wonder of who God is and what he's done once again. And now we're going to get an opportunity to hear again from uh, some members of our Oasis family uh, as they share their experience of praying with Thanksgiving throughout the lockdown season. And so I'm going to hand over to the Derby family uh, and they're going to uh, share a little bit about their experience.
2: Hi people of the Hey everyone, it's the Derby family here. And we just wanted to share a couple of things over the next couple of minutes where we have seen some answers to prayer and, and what we've seen over the last few months in terms of lockdown. Uh, for us as a family, it's been a kind of journey of highs and lows. We've had some really good points Uh, whereby as a family, we've been able to come together, spend a lot of time together, which is something that for a long time we haven't been able to do because we've had such busy agendas. Uh, We've been able to spend time with each other. We've been able to spend time with um, other people, neighbors and friends, maybe via Zoom. Um, And that's been really good as well because we've kind of connected with people that we haven't done for a long time. Uh, Being able to check in with them, being able to help out with them. And that's been a real answer to prayer for us because one of the things that we want to do and consistently do is be of use to the people around us in whatever way that we can. Uh, We've had loads of, we've lost people and that's been very, very sad. And again, but God has used us in this time to to be there for others. And um, what's really come through over the last few months is God's consistency in his answers to prayer and how that kind of swells up uh, a level of gratitude like we haven't experienced before, and the girls just want to share a couple of their prayers that have been answered to. I got into the secondary
0: school I wanted, and um, I got a dog. Oh,
2: Molly, come on! Oh. <laughs> we've got a dog. We've got a crazy dog. Um, And yeah, what we just wanted to encourage everyone as a family to do um, is really just to stick in there. And as you intentionally look for things to be grateful for, um, you'll find more and more things to be grateful for. Because God's consistency, his love, his kind of ever reaching arms of comfort and um, compassion are always there. So um, just keep praying and, and keep looking for things to be grateful for and we look forward to meeting up with you again soon. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye. Wonderful. Thanks so much, guys. So good to hear from you and to see yet another Oasis pet live. I think I've seen more pets uh, from Oasis uh, over lockdown than I think I ever have uh, before. But thank you so much for sharing. We're gonna worship again in just a moment's time and Sarah's gonna lead us. And this is a moment It's an opportunity for us, however we're feeling, whatever's going on in our lives right now, however that has landed with you, if you're there thinking, yes, I'm ready, I want to thank God, let's worship, great. If you're there thinking, I'm still finding all of this really hard. I'm still finding thanking God really hard at the moment. This is just a moment for us to pause. Um... Sarah's going to lead us and we're going to sing again of the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, the love of God, this God who is abundant and generous, who is longing to meet with you again, even in this moment, right here, right now, in your home, to come and fill you again with his life and his light and his hope.